Hey, hey, it's Nelvin Medor here, and I've got a couple things here for you. A swipe, wisdom, interesting picture, an essay, and a sketch. Let's get started with these. So the first thing I'm going to show you here is a swipe. And what I'm looking at here is dark chocolate, milk chocolate, and white chocolate with a little graph under it showing the levels of sugar, cocoa butter, and cocoa powder. And the difference between dark chocolate is that it doesn't have milk. Milk chocolate has all four of those ingredients, and white chocolate has all of those ingredients except cocoa powder. That's the difference. I never actually understood the difference between chocolates until I saw this chart. And I just absolutely love when something so simple like this chart finally makes a concept click into place. My whole life I've been eating dark chocolate, milk chocolate, and white chocolate, never understood the difference except the color, and this totally explains it. Here's a little piece of wisdom and kind of a framework that might actually be helpful. So I've always liked this acronym HALT, and it actually means that if you're not in a good mood, you're either hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. So HALT. So this is a tactic developed for AA, Alcoholics Anonymous, but it's actually used in many different fields. So this HALT method is used to prevent medical errors. So it's to show when medical workers are hungry, angry, late, lonely, tired. It's used for people in grief, and it's used for people to prevent overeating. And it's just a really neat framework to identify when you're about to make bad decisions. So sometimes I'm kind of pissed at a person or just kind of like salty and grumpy. And I'll think, okay, am I hungry, angry, lonely, or tired? And usually it's almost always one of them. Oftentimes if I'm just tired, I didn't sleep well last night, something, I wake up and you're groggy and I'm just like, why am I so angry about this? And you're like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm literally just tired. And then I can identify that feeling and move from there. So halt, hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Super cool framework. Here's something uh, interesting. I think that the best title of any book about money is Gary Halbert's How to Make Maximum Money in Minimum Time. <laughs> and I always thought it was a great title. It always makes me laugh at how like silly it is. But everyone wants to make money and everyone wants to make it in the fastest way possible. So how to make maximum money in minimum time. And I have noticed that titles of something can be very important, especially on social networks, where people are just looking at a thumbnail and a title, because it conveys to the user what they're about to see and how it can help them. So one of the things I did over here, I took the same video of an interview I did about my top favorite books. So one title for a thumbnail is called my top five books. That's it. And I actually don't think people will click on that that much. Instead, it was called books to read to make you rich. And so I bet you'd pick books to read to make you rich to watch because it sounds a bit more cheesy, but it's more captivating to a large audience because it tells you that if you read these books, there may be some chance that you become rich. And so that's why it's a more grabbing headline. Kind of, kind of interesting thing. Um, here's a picture. So uh, I hate to say this, but uh, I was on Netflix. That's right. Neville Medora on Netflix for about 0.75 seconds. So my friend Cody Sanchez and I, uh, uh, Chris Petkus, her husband, and uh, my friend Nick Gray went to the Andrew Schultz live taping, uh, I think like seven months ago or something like that, of his Netflix special. And it was kind of fun. You can actually see us in the crowd for brief moments. But here's the funny thing. They actually record the special like six times. So they do sh two shows a night for like a whole weekend for like three days in a row. And each time they tape. So if you look at the Netflix special, sometimes you'll see the same camera angle, but there's a different audience. Like there's different people there. So if you look where I am, we're sitting in like, I guess it's called like the mezzanine, whatever, like the balcony area off the side of the stage. That's where we're sitting. And a lot of times they show that same shot, but there's no one in the balcony. So he wears the same clothes 
tells the same jokes. And then of course it just goes a little bit different for each crowd and they try to film it the same angles so they could like switch angles during the show. And you see, you notice in the background that changes all the time. So we're not in the audience all that many times, which kind of hurt my feelings. Maybe we weren't good looking enough, but uh, we are actually in the Netflix special. And I thought it was, uh, thought it was kind of funny. And speaking of TV, here's a, here's a fun little thing. Uh, it's, it's really fun to find an older show you've never seen and are able to watch all the seasons however often you want, and you never run out of stuff to watch. So a lot of times with these streaming shows, like one episode of like House of Dragons comes out, and then you got to wait for the next one. But I recently started rewatching The Sopranos, which came out 23 years ago and has six seasons. And I, I've heard that it's such a great show. I just, I just never saw it. And so it's cool to have a show I can now watch during lunch or dinner, and I just have like like 100 plus episodes to go through. And another benefit is I found is The Sopranos was made before streaming shows. Like when a show used to come out on a Wednesday on FX and you'd watch it and then next Wednesday you'd watch it at the same time. So the episodes all end pretty nicely. They don't have that intense cliffhanger grabbing ending like a lot of these modern streaming shows. And I kind of hate that they have those because it's, you know, it's 12 o'clock at night. I watch a show and at the end, it's like, oh my God, now I got to watch another show. And I stay up till four in the morning watching these stupid shows. So I am grateful that The Sopranos kind of like wraps each episode up quite nicely. Here's a quick little essay. So writing a book has been the absolute most passive income thing I've ever done. I run all these different websites and people are like, oh, those are passive income. And I'm like, my friend, these are not passive income. I'm constantly working on them. However, my book that I wrote once in 2013, about nine years ago, Amazon continually pimps it out. There's zero involvement I've had since its inception. And if I were smarter, I would have put out one book like every two years since then and make like a full-time salary on it essentially. So I still make between about $500 a month and $1,200 per month from this book. Uh, this book will teach you how to write better. And considering I wrote it once, in 2013, that's not bad, right? I haven't done anything in nine years and it still makes money. So I self-published a book from Amazon KDP, their self-publishing platform, and it sells about a three to one ratio of ebook format versus physical format. In the beginning, it was actually more physical books than ebooks and now it's switched. So um, I self-published it. It was written 100% in Google Docs and uh, I put some links on the email if you wanna see some stuff on how I did it. And I have a potential 2023 plan for this book. I would like to give it a refresh and charge more. Right now I charge five bucks a book, which is the minimum I can charge for a physical book. And I make about $1.71 per book, depending on which country it's sold in. And I'd probably just bump that price up to 20 bucks a book and make about $14 a book instead. And I don't know, maybe that could actually turn into some real income. So here's a fun little sketch to end off. Try this today, the Amish hour. I made this up a while ago and I call it the Amish hour because you shun technology one hour before bed. So you can take an Amish hour by just one hour before bed. Don't use your computer. Don't look at your TV and don't look at your phone. For me, I have to physically put these items away. I mean, me, like everyone else is addicted to their phones because they're awesome. They, they're, they're fun. And it's just so damn tempting to scroll on social media or watch TV before bed. So I have to physically tell myself I am going to read a book, a physical book, or take physical notes for about an hour before bed. And some of the benefits I see is that uh, I sleep much better. I read much more. I have more productivity during that time. And I have this like increased concentration level because I'm not scrolling social media. And I end up drumming up a ton of good notes and ideas that I jot down in the book or in a notepad. Um, one thing I noticed was I would take a lot of notes 
but on my phone. So what would happen is I'd be reading a book. I would take a note on my phone and then get an idea and then start scrolling my phone again. And then damn, I'm scrolling my phone again. So I have to say, I'm going to take an Amish shower. I'm just putting, I'm putting the, uh, my phone on the other side of the bed so I can't reach for it. And I'm going to take normal notes. And I hope you take an Amish shower today too. It's, it's really great. I personally have to schedule in these things. Otherwise I get distracted by the phone again. So hopefully you enjoyed these little tidbits. My name is Neville Mandora. I will talk to you later. And by the way, before you end this, did you know about the copywriting course? Did you know what I have? We have about a thousand members in there and you can join either monthly or yearly. And what will happen is you learn from a bunch of courses. So when people join yearly, what they do is usually for the first month, they start going through these courses themselves. And the cool thing is we actually send you one of the lessons every week. So even if you kind of just passively want to learn every Monday, I will send you an email with a lesson about copy. And you could either do some of the assignments we have in there or just plainly absorb them. But we have all our courses laid out really neat. You can go check it out on the site. And then the other cool thing is you could actually get feedback on your assignments. So let's say there's an assignment that says, hey, rewrite this tweet. What would you write? Well, if you actually post that assignment, we will look at that and give you some feedback. So real professional writers, including myself, go in there and give feedback. The other cool thing is, let's say you have an email you're about to send out for the holidays and you're like, is this email any good? I don't know. I've been in the box reading it, writing it. What, what do I do? You click submit copy and it will send out a notification to myself and all the writers that you submitted copy and then we will go and rewrite your copy. So for example, a guy that runs a, uh, or it works for a big tutoring company, they are sending out gift cards and he was sending out an email to, for, to promote their gift cards to about 10,000 people. Well, I didn't really know what to write. So the first draft was not so great. But then we said, well, what if you do this? What if you do this? What if you do this? And you can see the forum posting, which is private, that goes through as the email is evolving. And by the end, I was like, you know, I'm just going to write this whole damn email myself. So I took a lot of his good stuff and added in some of my good stuff and some of the other writers' good stuff. And in the end, we have a finished email. So you can get this too by joining the copywriting course. Go to copywritingcourse.com slash join. I hope to see you in there. And I will talk to you later.